Let's continue to give God praise here tonight. Hallelujah. Let's just give him praise. Let's fill this house. We love you, Jesus. Ah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord liveth. And blessed be my rock. And let the God of my salvation be exalted. He girdeth me with strength. He makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon my high places for the Lord liveth is there anybody in Spokane Washington that knows that God's alive and that he is well able oh we love you Jesus we love you Jesus we love you Jesus Oh, praise be to God. Praise be to God. Doesn't it feel good to be at Summit Conference 2015? Man, I feel like running the devil out of this place tonight. I feel like giving the devil a black eye tonight. I... Praise God, praise God. I hope you didn't come for pretty church tonight. I hope you didn't come for professional church tonight. We didn't come to just look at each other. Honey, we came to cast out devils. We, we came to tear down some walls. We came to gain dominion and gain territory. Enlarge my territory. Spare not. Strengthen thy stakes. Lengthen thy cords. For it will break out on the right hand and on the left hand. My, 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 my. Man, I know you feel it. I can feel it. I, I feel like there's a little bit of Holy Ghost gunpowder in this place tonight. And I think somebody's got a match. Praise God, praise God, praise God. It is so good to be with you here in Spokane, Washington and at Summit Conference. Um, I have been here in, in the past with all of you wonderful people and I was talking to Brother Mayo and, and he said this is the largest Wednesday night at Summit they have ever had. The church isn't going down, the church is going up. Amen. There's some Jesus name people. There's there's a blood-washed multitude. There's some redeemed people in the Northwest. And we came to have church on Wednesday night. 
what a way to kick off this wonderful conference. I, I love the vision. I love the faith that is here and is under the direction and the leadership of uh, Brother Rick Mayo. Amen. How many love Brother Mayo? Amen. He is a dear friend. He has been so kind and gracious and he is a man of revival and I am excited to stand in this pulpit it's an honor to be here with you and to, to preach with this lineup of preachers I am looking forward to the rest of this week amen and I'm glad I preach on Wednesday night so that I can just hit cruise control the rest of this week and just hear the word of God and join in and praise God and and Gloria Dios hermanos y hermanas <laughs> praise God amen and uh, it's great to be here with so many good friends I see brother Booker in the back and brother Parker and brother Bass and brother Elder and if I start calling names I'm going to leave somebody out so I better not get started um, but wonderful, wonderful men and women of God, good friends all throughout this sanctuary. It is an honor and a privilege. And there is revival in the Northwest, and the devil is a liar. Amen. And we are going to have thermonuclear church. Amen. Well, I'm going to move right to the word of the Lord. I'm reading tonight from the book of Proverbs chapter 30. And um, I have some special friends here tonight from Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, young people and young ladies that we won to the Lord uh, there. They are all the way from Florida, from Pastor Randy Williams Church uh, in Fort Myers. And they're here. And I like to think they came just because of me. But... Uh, <laughs> They're here for Summit, and it's great to see them. Amen. And other friends that are here, praise God. Proverbs chapter 30, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 11. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 30, verse 11. If you have it, say amen. amen. There is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. And there is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. The horse leech hath two daughters crying, Give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied, yea, four things say, Not it is enough. Hallelujah. I could continue reading throughout this chapter. I'm going to just take these thoughts, these themes, and I want to preach a message that the Lord has laid on my heart. Um, he has been dealing with my heart about it. It is the world we live in, and 
I'm not trying to wax profound. I'm not trying to preach some high flying message. I'm trying to find the mind of God tonight. And I want to take a few moments of your time, if you'll allow me to, and preach to you a message that I am entitling ministering to a postmodern generation. Ministering to a postmodern generation. Amen. Look at the person next to you. Tell them there's never been a better time to serve God. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. <clears throat> The question was asked of the prophet in the Old Testament, and it was a rhetorical question. It was, it was not a question that required answering. It was simply meant to prove a point. And the question was, is there anything too hard for God? And the answer to that question is a resounding no. I'm here to tell Summit 2015 that God has everything under control. Amen. There are people here tonight that they have car notes they're worried about. They have relationships that are crumbling. They have loved ones that are leaving the faith. They're watching people they never dreamed they would see backslide, but they're watching it happen. And the anguish that comes from that is profound and sometimes it can feel as though we are dangling over hell itself and that it's the end and that it's all over and what are we going to do and the devil knows how to back us into a corner he knows how to drive even a prophet into a cave and make him question and make him think he is the last guy on earth. But the answer today is just like the answer was back then. I have thousands that have not bowed their knee to Baal. God is in control. The church is going to prevail the Holy Ghost is the answer Pentecost is just getting started the blood still works and there's power power wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb 
Amen. It's not the end until God says it's the end. And the truth is, the end is not an event. The end is a person. And it's Jesus Christ. Ah, hallelujah. I hope we can get a revelation of how big he is tonight. I hope for just a second we can shake off the heaviness. We can, we can wipe away the cobwebs. We can rise above circumstance because our God is exceedingly able. God is who he is. And there's not a man in the world that can change it. There's not a government in the world that can alter it. There's not a social movement that can undo. Oh, hallelujah. Not one jot and tittle is going to pass away. His words are forever settled. His counsel is immutable. Amen. I hope, I hope somebody here puts God in his rightful place tonight in your life. Amen. Because God's on the throne. God is who he is. Whether we serve him or not, whether we believe it or not, whether we're ready to give up or not. Amen. This thing's happening one way or the other. Amen. He said, let God be true and let every man a liar hallelujah and he's God whether I praise him or not and he's God whether I backslide or not and he's God whether I believe it or not and it's going to happen the prophecy shall come and it shall not tarry but it will come to pass wait for it wait for it Amen. The Bible says that he is the beginning. He is the first. He can only be what he is. Amen. You might place him secondary. You might place him third. You might place him last. I don't know where he's at in your life. But, but it behooves us to put him where he belongs. He, he doesn't. We, we don't place him first. He just is first. He can't be anything other than what he is. That's the position he occupies by divine mandate. Amen. We get angry when men place themselves first. We get angry when, when men uh, think they're all that. God, We don't need to get angry at God. God doesn't think he's all that. God knows he's all that. He has... <laughs> when he gets glory, it's not because he's arrogant. It's because it's true. It's, it's not because... He's lifting himself up. He's already lifted up. He already feels all things. He can't be something he's not. So tonight, how about we put him first? Because he is first. And how about we know he has the end? Because he is the end. He's already there. He's the author.
author and the finisher. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. And he's got it all under control. He's got your car note under control. He's got your relatives under control. He's got your salvation. Amen. This is a snapshot of our God. Amen. And I, I think that there is a spirit. I know that there is a spirit of the age. There is. Uh, some people might not even be able to identify it. It's, it's just a general feeling, a general malaise, a general weariness, a heaviness. That comes upon men and women. You feel it. You can feel the, the resistance to faith. America is becoming more secular every day. Um, the smarter we get, the dumber we get. The more wealthy we become, the more poverty-stricken we actually become. As we grow materially, we are growing bankrupt in terms of faith. And, and it's the spirit of this age, and philosophers call it postmodernism. It's, it's actually a philosophy that lends itself to death. It is a culture of death. The Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing, and all that you do, get wisdom. And you're supposed to bind it around your neck. It's supposed to keep you. You're supposed to say unto understanding uh, that you are my sister. And, and you're, you're supposed to hold that close. And the Bible actually says all that hate wisdom love death. The, the spirit of postmodernism is a culture of death. It is a culture of hopelessness. It, it has one of its foundational tenets is deconstructionism. It's, it's where it takes the things that have been built and it tears them down into their individual components. Um, you can find, and I don't want to get into a big philosophical discussion tonight. I don't want to spend too much time, but you'll find Nietzschean philosophy in it. Uh, and, and the seeds of fascism and Nazism and, and evolution and survival of the fittest and secularism and that stuff that your teenagers are facing in secular universities where they say there is no God. It is assaulting their faith on a daily basis as people claim they want to succeed but they're actually tearing down the very platform that they are built upon in the name of progress they are going backwards in in the name of of knowledge and progressivism they are moving back to the dark ages and as smart as they are they can't fix the human spirit <clears throat> Amen. The more technologically advanced we become, the more perverse we get. And I don't care how much money you get, you cannot buy your way out of sin. The, the higher you go on the ladder, sin is still sin. You might be more sophisticated, but you're also more weird. It gets weirder and weirder the higher you go. We don't need more money, honey. We need Jesus. We, we don't need another degree. We need the Holy Ghost. We don't need another social program. We need a move of God. 
And the answer to postmodernism is Pentecost. If postmodernism is death, then Pentecost is life. Amen. I want to preach about it because our young men are falling prey to it. Our young ladies are being overwhelmed by it as violence is glorified and deviance and aberrant behavior is glorified. And they are calling, they're calling darkness light. And, and, and lifestyles that have never been, never been found in the word of God or found in regular society, they are being shoved on people. And, and we are being told that we are hate-filled if we choose to, to believe the word of God. This, this is what is attacking our society today. It is tearing down foundational principles. It is tearing down uh, historical definitions. And, and it is the spirit of our age. You feel it. I know you feel it. It assaults you when you wake up in the morning. It, it assaults you when you hear talk radio. Uh, there's, a, there's a rising hysteria that is gathering around the world. And, and one of the reasons the world is growing hysterical is because they can't stop it. The answer is not to get a bunch of guns and barricade yourself. <laughs> the answer is not to hoard food. The answer is not to, to find another elected leader. The answer is the church. The answer is the, the, answer is the name of Jesus. The answer is an apostolic altar and an outpouring of the Holy Ghost where God baptizes somebody with the fire of the Holy Ghost and turns them inside out and right side up and don't try to figure it out honey just come on and get the Holy Ghost let him give you a new heart let him give you a new spirit let him write his law on your inward parts hallelujah Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I, I, feel, I feel like there's some summit people that, that have something in this sanctuary that says, I'm not a part of this world. I'm not a part of this society. I'm a, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of the Most High. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. If the church is not awake, if the church isn't operating at its fullest capacity, if it's not operating like God designed it to operate, then postmodernism will gobble you alive. It will seduce your teenagers right out from underneath you. It, 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 and it's possible that they might not be overcome by violence. They, they may not fall prey initially to fornication or adultery or, or some of the big sins that we have preached about. It, 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 it could be something more insidious than all of that. 
Because those are things that are wicked and they will destroy the soul and the the spirit of a man or a woman. But there is something that terrifies me more than that. And that is simply unbelief. Amen. Jesus forgave the adulterous woman. He, he, He dealt with the murderer. He, he, he cast out the devils. He, he dealt with the sins that beset. Man, Paul said so easily besets man. It, it's endemic to the human condition. And, and, and God has the answer for sin. Amen. But when Jesus ran across unbelief. It was the one thing that was toxic. To a move of God. Postmodernism is not going to just threaten you with sin. It's going to threaten you with something even scarier than that. And that, that is a simple, I don't care. The devil is working overtime to reduce the word of God to Mother Goose and the Shoe. The old lady who lived in the shoe and, and Mother Goose and Aesop's fables and, and the boy who cried wolf and Santa Claus and the tooth fairy. He's, he's, he's turning it into a cultural phenomenon. He's, he's trying to spin it as one God among many gods. And he is infecting people with, with secularism and a kind of a knowledge that rejects the almighty God of heaven and earth. To where it's not that they're just going to be living an out and out sin, although they will be. They simply won't care. They will sit in service and not be moved. They will, they will sit under preaching and it doesn't stir them. They, they, they will, they, they will, they will be unmoved by the word of God. Their, their teeth will be like knives. They, they will not honor father and they will not honor mother. And they will devour the poor and the needy from off of the earth because they don't even have a conscience. They don't even believe it exists. If you kill the lawgiver, then there is no law. And man is free to do what is right in his own eyes. We see this. This, this is happening now. Um, and it has happened before. We're not the first generation it's happened to. It's happened in Europe. If you go to Europe, if you, if you, if you land on an airplane in Europe, if you have the Holy Ghost at all, you will feel a heaviness come upon you. You will feel a darkness. Those of you that have done missions work, you know what I'm talking about. You will feel an unbelief so thick, it feels like it strangles worship. They have been exposed to such such a modern thrust, a postmodern thrust, that that faith has been relegated to, to architecture and cultural curiosities. And people don't go to church over there to to. To have a move of God. The, the, the basilicas and the cathedrals that were supposed to glorify God, they're tourist attractions. They, they stand in line to snap pictures of the ceiling and to, to, to glorify Michelangelo and, and the great artists, but, but nothing moves their spirit. 
they take it home and they, they glory in their trip and they pay money and it's simply one more trip among many. And the smarter they get, the more empty they get as postmodernism robs them of their ability to, f- to feel the presence of God. Amen. In that kind of environment, you will find an unbelief that is mind-blowing. And it is a spiritual desert. there's, There's going to be foreign things that come out of that. And America's heading that way. As we glorify knowledge, as we glorify the the humanistic man is in control of everything, ideology, America is fast approaching that kind of a mindset. People don't have the time for God that they used to have. The, The smarter we get, the more we want control of everything. Hallelujah. In the middle of all of that, people can say, my goodness, what's going on? What are we going to do? How could we ever do it? I'm telling you, God's still in control. God is still in control. Because in the, in the middle of all of that hoity-toity, lifted up, faithlessness, mockery and agnosticism, among the wealthy, the privileged, you will find pockets of revival. While some people are snapping pictures of the cathedrals, there's a little pocket of ethnic people and different colored people who might not speak English, but they still have faith. And they're going to be right around the corner. They're brown and they're yellow and they're, they're green and they're purple and they're, and they're every color in the spectrum. And they don't think this book is just a metaphor. And they don't think it's just another literary classic. They just, somebody forgot to tell them that it wasn't real. They just believe that God can still heal the sick. And God can still raise the dead. And God can still fill somebody with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you'll find them running the aisles. And you'll find them climbing the pews. And you'll find them shouting down the house. And you'll find them speaking with other tongues. And you'll find them having Book of Acts Church. God's not dead, honey. He's still alive. His church is able. There is no force in hell that can stop God's church. Upon this rock, upon this rock, upon this rock, I will build my church. It's not the Pope's church. It's not Martin Luther's church. It's not John Wesley's church. This is the church that Jesus built and the gates of hell. Shall not prevail. Man, I hope we know who we are tonight. I hope we know who we are tonight. We are not religion. 
We are not denomination. We're not even Protestantism. Honey, we are the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's been through the flood, but the flood couldn't turn it. And it's been through the fire, and the fire couldn't burn it. It's the church of the book of Revelation. assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven it's the spirit of just men made perfect it's the it's the innumerable company of angels it's the church man if you're glad to be in the church clap your hands unto the Lord and give him thanks ah uh, Hallelujah, you can be seated. The church, the church is all about life. It's all about life. And in that life is a delightful lack of sophistication. I am leery of people who look like they have it all together. <laughs> Somebody said, I can't go to that altar. People are going to think I'm crazy. I told them, I'm going to take the pressure off of you tonight. I already know you're crazy. It's the sane ones we got to worry about. You got to come off your high horse. You got to stop playing games with God. You ain't got it all together, honey, and neither do I. We need Jesus and we need him bad. We need him like we've never needed him before. So bring your chaos and bring your dysfunction and bring your crazy cousin and get to the house of God and throw those hands up and have a Holy Ghost shout down because this is not professionalism. This is Pentecost. Amen. You can be seated. There's one gift postmodernism gives us. It, it, it's filled with a lot of bad stuff, but there's a silver lining in postmodernism, and that is it is suspicious of establishment. They've seen too many televangelists. They've seen too many guys with big hair and flashy smiles dripping with gold, promising them healing. 
And they stand there with skeptical eyes. Ed McMahon has told them one too many times they won the lottery. And every time they mail off for their prize, all they get is a bunch of stupid magazine subscriptions. Somehow that lottery never gets to the... The sales pitches and the gimmicks, they are a skeptical generation. And that is something the church can tap into. Because before, under the modernist structures where people glorified science and they thought that they could knit together and weld together reality, that has been shown to be a lie. And behind all the stitching and strategizing, they have realized there's just a bunch of mess. And now they're skeptical of everything. And so they're trying things they've never tried before. They are dabbling in the occult. They are dabbling in mysticism. If, if they can smoke it or snort it or shoot it or sleep with it, they will. And, and, and that's the world we're living in. And it's not something that's making me despair. It's making me some realize they need Jesus. They, they may not know it, but they want Jesus. They're not going to find it on the bar stool, and they're not going to find it in the club. And Jay-Z's not going to give them, and neither is Kanye. Only the real Jesus can. There's going to be a lot of false Jesuses that show up, but there's only one that can redeem you. And there's only one that can write your name in the Lamb's book of life. And there's only one that can, hey, I'm talking about the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they don't want the cathedrals. And they don't want the stained glass windows. If you've got stained glass, God bless you. I'm not preaching against stained glass. But, but I'm telling you that it's more than that. They don't want the rituals. They don't want the, the motions. They don't want the traditions. That stuff doesn't mean a hill of beans. Now is not the time to get quiet. Now is not the time to be intimidated. Ha! You want to rebel? Rebel against the world. You want to be a different? Be different for God. You want to be a freak? Be a freak for the Holy Ghost. We're not part of this world. We're the called out assembly. We're the church of Jesus Christ. And we march to the beat of a different drama. And we... Ah, hallelujah. The more, the more our world tries to fix it, the more they're going to realize they have unleashed demonic forces that they cannot even imagine. You cannot legislate righteousness. You can't write exterior laws for the inward man. The devil will dance around your laws. You can't build a metal detector good enough to detect a perverse heart. Your problem is not the knife or the gun. Your problem is the heart. 
Have you ever noticed? I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Have you ever noticed that the church is uniquely positioned to fix the world? Don't, don't get upset over the challenges that the chaos causes us to face. Don't get upset about those challenges. Those aren't just challenges. Those are, that's potential. That is potential. Don't, don't, don't cry about all the boys who don't have fathers. Instead of crying about it, become a father. If the world don't want them, don't you. Don't you let the drug dealer have those boys. Don't let you let the pimp have those girls. Don't you let. Come on. Come on, Summit. Come on, Spokane. You got to get out of the ivory tower. You got to get down in the muck and the mire. And you got to become the church. You got to pull them out of the... Pull them out of the flames. Hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. We have been given the greatest potential we've ever been given. The more dysfunctional the world gets, the brighter the church shines. <laughs> you can be seated. I, I, I think one of the greatest threats we have is not the power of sin. One of the greatest threats we face is the fact that our head's stuck in the sand. I think, I think one of the greatest hindrances to revival is not sin. It's, it's social media and cell phones and busyness and things that... The, the, de the devil doesn't have to get you in sin. He'll just occupy you. He'll, he'll have you so tied up. He'll have you looking at everything but what you need to be looking at. While you're looking at your phone, they're going to hell! Come on, sometimes you got to put that phone down. You got to turn that internet off. You got to get your nose out of it. You got to lift up your eyes because the fields are wide and the harvest and the laborers are few. And now's the time to have church. Now's the time to fill your car up with people. Now's the time. Hallelujah. I feel it. I feel it. I wanted to preach a profound message, but I feel it burning on the inside of me. I feel the harvest crying out of the fields. That the summer is past. And there's no one to harvest. Hey Amen. You can be seated. There's too many people worried about who's going to get the lead tenor part. There's too many young guys wondering how they can angle their way into the pulpit. You don't have to promote yourself, brother. You don't have to network. 
You don't have to. Oh, it's all about who you know. It's all about. No, it's not. It's, it's about Jesus. That's how the world operates. But that's not how the church operates. God said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he will exalt you in due season. We don't need another young guy who doesn't know what he's talking about. We need an apostolic man that knows how to wade into hell and start grabbing people and pulling them out. And You don't need a slick message. You need an evangelism ministry that can shake your community. This isn't, this isn't politically advantageous, but I got to say it. We don't need sharp-eyed young guys waiting on older guys to die so they can take their churches. We don't need guys that learn how to say it just right and gel their hair just right and have just a... We, we don't need any more of that. That, that's, not, that's not the office of the ministry. We need a young man that knows how to get on his face until heaven shakes and until hell. Until hell is intimidated. We need somebody that knows how to walk up to a drug addict and tell them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We don't need to grow more professional. The more God blesses us, that blessing's not supposed to quiet us. It's one of those paradoxes, Brother Mayo. It's a satanic paradox. The more God blesses, the more quiet we get. The more he gives, the less we pray. You walk through Honduras and you see the abject poverty. You see this, the cinder block walls. You see the, they don't even have doors. They have curtains blowing in the wind and six people living in a hut. And, and, and the elements can get in and, and, and human life is not sacred. And, and people are trying to make it. They have no opportunity. And when they come to the house of God... They pray and they worship. And, and as it dies in America, and it's almost dead in Europe, the places that have the most, it's exploding in South America and Central America and Africa. The places that have the least. 
with our air condition and with our designer clothes and with our leather seats and with our late model cars and with our bachelor's degrees we grow quieter and more stale and we explain away more of the Bible when they out praise us and they out worship us and they walk 20 miles one way to a church service what is wrong with us America that we have forgotten the God that has placed us where we are we don't need to get more quiet we should shout louder than everybody we should sing louder than everybody we should pray longer than everybody we should preach harder than everybody sophistication for just a minute can we lay our degree aside for just a second can we forget about what we're going to do after church hey can we just have a move of God on a Wednesday night and say change me Jesus put your word down on inside of me put your spirit within me anoint my head with oil and equip me to reach my generation You're not going to get them with polish. You're going to get them with Pentecost. You're not going to get them with professionalism. You're going to get them with Pentecost. You're not going to get them with your arrogance and your high living. You're going to get them with your burden and with your compassion and with the outpouring of God's blessing. Come on. Come on. It's Wednesday night. It's Wednesday night. How about we start this thing off? Don't you bring your American praise tonight. I want you to praise him from the depth of your spirit. Don't you bring your sophistication. Bring your hunger. Bring your desire. Come on. Where's the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man? Where's it at? Come on, Summit. Come on, Spokane. Come on. This first night, let God change something on the inside. Let God reorder and restructure. Come on, bring your alabaster box. Come on, bring your alabaster box. Come on, David. Take off your crown. Take off your garment and dance before the Lord. That's what it's going to take.
come on, we're over medicated, we're over educated. I'm afraid we have too much money. I'm afraid we have too much stuff. Why don't you give God praise like you don't have a dime? Give God praise like you don't have anything. Give God praise like you did when you were little in your own eyes. Hey! Oh, I feel walls coming down. I feel walls coming down. I feel, I, yeah! I feel it. I feel it. I feel something being born on the inside of people. I feel purpose being restored. I feel it. Come on, Summit. Come on, Summit. Let it go. Let it go. Come on. The answer is Pentecost. The answer is Pentecost. The answer. Come on, young man. You don't need to make another dollar. You need to pray. Come on, young lady. to grab a hold of somebody here tonight. I need the Holy Ghost to grip you when you're in Starbucks and when you're in Walmart and when you're in your... I need a spirit of preaching to get on a young man in a Walmart to where he begins to tell somebody... Somebody praise him. Somebody let it go. Somebody cry out to him. I know you feel this. I know you feel this. You feel it when you wake up. You feel it when you go to bed. You feel it when you're driving in your car.
I feel it in the Holy Ghost. There's a young man here tonight. You're struggling. You're in and out of the church. You're in and out of the church. You're in and out of the church. You try it, but you can't do it. It's because you're not active in the Holy Ghost. You gotta get out witnessing. You gotta get out moving. You gotta get a hold of your Bible. God has given you something and you You're not supposed to be barely hanging on. You're supposed to be about your father's business.